0: Welcome back to another episode of the official NHS SCA podcast, the podcast for high school strength coaches by high school strength coaches. As always, I am your host, Coach Andrew McGecky. We did it, everybody. Episode 10, officially into the double digits. My guest this month is Coach John Mark Raspberry. Coach Raspberry is a biology teacher and a strength coach at Dyer County High School, In Tennessee. Coach Raspberry is an incredible up and coming strength coach, and it was a blast getting to sit down with him and talk about his journey moving from Tennessee to Illinois to back to Tennessee, why he got into strength and conditioning, what he's doing at Dyer County, what he hopes to do in the future we kind of talk about getting into strength and conditioning a little bit and broach the topic of CSCS is it necessary certifications in general and various other topics in regards to getting into strength and conditioning we also talk about conjugate chats the podcast that Coach Raspberry has been hosting for about a year and a half now. I'm an avid listener. It's an awesome, awesome podcast. He's got a ton of great guests and great content. I highly recommend you go check it out. I'll link it below. It's a fantastic show where he sits down with strength coaches in various walks of life and just talk shop with them, guys. There's a ton of value out of it. And I'm sure if you go over and listen to a few episodes, you will too. You'll probably recognize a lot of the names that he's had on. So I highly recommend going and checking that out. I'll also link below some of his Downloadable and for sale content that he's posted. So, check some of that out. There's some good stuff there, too. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you do, hit us up with a rating and a review down below. Don't forget to check out the podcast tab on the NHSSCA website, nhssca.us, where you can find all of our past episodes. And you'll also find a link to fill out um, a link to a form to fill out if you're interested in being a guest. So, please do that. Always looking for awesome people uh, within the organization that want to be on and talk shop. So hit head over, head over that way. Also, while you're on the NHS SCA website, get over and register for NatCon. It's fast approaching. Tickets are available. They've got the group rate hotel site set up. So check those out. Obviously saves a little bit of money on uh, hotel registration. And yeah, sign up and let's get to Texas, guys. I'll be there with my microphone. So Hopefully all of you will be joining me down there. And with that, enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the official NHS SCA podcast, the podcast for high school strength coaches by high school strength coaches. As always, I am your host, Andrew McGaggy. My guest this month is coach John Mark Raspberry. Coach, how are you?
2: Andrew, I'm doing great, man. Uh, I appreciate you letting me come on and uh, be on the other side of the mic for once. So I uh, appreciate it, man.
1: Absolutely. Uh, we're going to get to that later, um, that comment you just made later on. You are the director of strength and conditioning at Dyer County High School. Is that correct?
2: Correct. Uh, I work with uh, a few teams here and there, mostly uh, just trying to get my feet wet and um, work with, you know, whoever once worked with me at this point. So, yes, sir.
1: And this is your first year there?
2: It is. It is my first year that, uh, at uh, Dyer County. Um got into this role basically through a biology job and I do the strength stuff either before school, during my planning period or after school. So um, that's kind of where I fit the sport performance, the strength and conditioning into my day.
1: Awesome. Okay. So let's kind of dive into what led you to this position. Um, I know you're an Illinois guy like myself, you know, at one point where you got out to Tennessee, uh, Metamora, about an hour and a half north of me. Um, so you know, how'd you go from being a a Redbird to to get to Dyer County?
2: So it all started when I was in middle school, uh, I believe eighth grade. I moved up to Illinois from Dyersburg, Tennessee, which is where I live now. Um, I grew up in Tennessee for 14 years, obviously moved up to Metamore, uh, Illinois. My dad worked at a big uh, company that's down here and then he got a job up in Illinois. Um, I was like playing football And, uh, Metamora had a really, really good tradition of football. So I think that was part of the decision of why we lived there and, you know, had a decent football career. Um, got to play four years, got to be in the state playoffs, um, got to be recognized as a, I think all area center or something like that, man. I can't remember. That was like almost 10 years ago. Um, then I went to college, went to Eureka college for my four year degree in kinesiology um found out very quickly after graduation that a job in the kinesiology exercise science field was very very competitive and it was very very hard um i worked as a tech for a pt company for roughly about a year and a half um making like nine dollars an hour and then um i i I met my wife you know i was proposing to her and i said well i I can't make a life off of nine dollars an hour so, um, made the courageous jump from kinesiology and PT and exercise science to, um, education. And I got my first teaching job in Jackson, Tennessee, um, taught middle school social studies and I was an assistant football coach at the same time. And that's where kind of the strength conditioning kind of lied in because, or at least the high school sector was because I watched it firsthand. I said, this could be done a lot better. You know, um, I don't know if it if it, if it would be in my hands to actually make it better, but I can try at least. And so had a little bit of that exercise background, kind of understood. I was a strength intern for about a year, so I knew the game a little bit. Um, and that led into getting like the CSCS and learning RPR and have my USAW. And um, that led into, you know, um, kind of driving around from school to school, seeing if this was a possibility for me to even do strength conditioning during the day or after school, or if any team really wanted to work with me, um, and this kind of led into this job here, to where that—that um, that was their goal for me. That the way they, you know, I got into the system was being a biology teacher, and right now they're kind of in the process of looking to see if I can make that transition for next year, which is pretty remarkable. So yeah, that's just a what an eight ten year story condensed down in about five minutes man yeah so
1: the first time i heard you talk about eureka on a podcast i i think it was when you had mike cunningham interview you on your podcast you said you were a red devil pretty cool uh you played you would have been there the same time as a high school teammate of mine tyler wildrick he was a center there you know you know tyler
2: i do know tyler he's a he's actually a fraternity brother of mine uh he's a teammate um I think I programmed for him for a little stint of his workouts. So, yeah, I know I know Tyler.
1: Small world, and we're all kind of connected to these things. You know, kind of just now getting into the game, and one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on the show was, especially at this point, because, you know, it's we're getting into springtime, and – uh, you know college college graduates seniors in college are starting to apply for those education jobs those teaching jobs maybe hearing back back um, you know st- wrapping up student teaching things of that nature right like people college seniors are starting to figure out what that next step is right and for so for for you with the the different steps you've taken to get to to where you're at today at Dyer County um, let's kind of talk through what that looks like right um, Team Builder actually just put out an article I think this week or last week about you know wh- how what it's like to get into straight the roadmap to get into high school strength training. I I have a very unique path like I'm not a teacher but I'm doing strength training during the day. There's a lot of people that are you know phys ed majors that are you know wanting to get into strength conditioning etc. For people for those you know twenty somethings that are trying to get into this field, what's your advice first off for what, like starting out and trying to get into High school strength and conditioning sector.
2: So, if you're talking about like just specifically high school, um, get your education degree in physical education. Um, you can get your teaching licensure that way. Um, if they ask you to coach a sport, you might as well go on and coach that sport. Um, I think that's where I kind of made the most bang for my buck was because I worked for football and I was an assistant football coach. And then, you know, it kind of led into some other things. Well, you know, I've seen that our football team's getting stronger and we're getting more wins. You know, can we do that for baseball? Can we do that for track? I uh, got to be a head track coach for a year. Um, really was really blessed to have that opportunity and figured out pretty quickly that, you know, um, I really like working with some of our female athletes that I never had a chance to do, you know, before. Um, I worked with softball and I got to work with baseball and I got to work with soccer. And, you know, I think that's the biggest advice was. At least get your foot in the door get that licensure get your degree get your licensure in physical education and then maybe start start small at a new school very very small um speaking from experience it's very overwhelming when you got like five teams and you're trying to figure all out in like two weeks you know it's it, it becomes a little overwhelming so if you are like let's start with football and then let's see how their season goes and then you want to stem out in that springtime, that off season, to maybe soccer or track or whoever. And then it starts building from there. And that kind of gets your reputation as well in that school. You know, it gets your foot in the door and you get your rep in that school saying, okay, this guy knows what they're doing. This girl knows what they're doing. Let's see if we can, you know, incorporate that into our project schedule, our, our daily routines, or anything like that.
1: I, I kind of asked this question um, out of order here. I, I meant to ask this sooner. Are you doing any sport coaching at Dyer County right now?
2: No, they gave me plenty full of options to do so. Uh, I, I, I think the first two weeks I was asked to be a throwing coach. I was asked to be uh, assistant softball, football, and something else. And I said, no, I, I really like what I'm doing right now. So um, maybe, you know, if everything gets settled. But right now I'm really enjoying what I'm doing.
1: Absolutely. You you know, obviously the most direct path and I think the easiest path is to get the teaching license, like you mentioned, that is the advice I've, you know, I don't, ha- I personally do not have my teaching license, but the the times that I've had people ask me about getting into the field, that's always the first thing, get a four year degree and get, you know, get, become a licensed teacher. It's just going to make it so much easier because schools are always hiring teachers. It's a much harder to go to a district and ask them to create a position then you know because there's so many steps into that that people don't realize they have to go to the union and have to like pitch why they should create this position and then the hiring process figuring out salary all those different things but if you can just come in with that teaching license from the get-go and say you know i can teach physical education and then they restructure a class you know into strength training or something like that you're you know you're absolutely right you hit the uh the nail on the head there also i also,
2: my, wa- I also want to talk about as well like my my endorsement was not originally in physical education or health and wellness it was in biology um by all means if you got to get into that system if you if you know there's a good school system out there that has this in line or at least has a vision for it and you want to be there i mean take the sacrifice teach biology teach math teach whatever you need to for you know maybe a year or two so you can get yourself settled as well i have thrown out there i speak it from personal experience I'm, i'm living it now so
1: no, absolutely. You know, that's a very good point. You know, obviously, uh, if, especially if, you know, if, if you if you have a passion in a different subject, too, that's also just going to make you that much more marketable to school districts. If I, you can teach multiple subjects, you know, like with yourself teaching biology. So, at, you know, great point to follow up. And I know, you know, you went through this um, a couple of years was it last year or possibly the year before. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but where you went through the process of getting your CSCS. You know, and you, and you talked about that, you were, you know, you, you shared that a lot on Twitter and, you know, you talked about that and what that was like for you, you know, obviously the CSCS being the gold standard in this profession of being a strength and conditioning coach. Um, One, what was that like for you, you know, obtaining that certification? And then where do you side, you know, are you of the, of the, I don't want to say of the camp. Um, Are you of the opinion per se of, you know, this is a necessary step into becoming a
2: strength coach. So, two-part answer on that one the cscs um obviously it's been set as the golden standard for strength and conditioning it's been there for pff, i can't remember how long but everyone that's in this field of sport performance at least has the idea or knows what the cscs is um i mean i worked for three years studied off and on read the essentials forwards, backwards of uh, trying to attain that and you know eventually you know getting it but at the same time like not everything in that essentials book is in reality and I mean it it, it's it's good information I'm not gonna knock it I I mean I got it for a reason and you know whether that's you know for a job or future opportunities or just you know personally um, you know I got it for a reason uh, but on the other side of things, you know, when we, when we look at the high school sector, you know, um, there's plenty full of strength coaches that don't have the CSCS that can coach their tails off. I mean, I don't think you have to have a CSCS to run a room. I don't, have, I don't think you have to have a CSCS to be a really, really good strength coach. And there's people all over this country that have shown that time and time again. Um, so do I think it's a requirement for our job maybe you know if it's what they want sure um you know if it's not what they want then th- it's not required for that school you know it, i think it's just always on what the school wants exactly what what the job description says um i don't think it hurts by any stretch of the matter i just think it you just need to fit in line to what job description shows if that makes sense
1: I think you're no. That's a great point, and it kind of to me it ties into what you the point you just made with the biology, right? Getting your licensure not necessarily in PE, but a different subject, and and you know kind of like with that making more marketable, the CSCS or any certification. I think it's just going to possibly potentially open more doors for you, you know. This is the NHS SCA podcast, shameless plug. The NHS SCA has an amazing certification that I highly recommend to everybody. Um, it's incredibly affordable and the the amount of knowledge in it is, is incredible. And there's no prior education requirements or prerequisites to take it. So I'm going to use this opportunity to plug the organization certification. Um, so if you, any, any listeners, you know, are wanting to get a certification, that's a great place to start. But then, you know, and then from there, if you want to get your your CSCS or your USAW or whatever, it's just going to make you, like, I, th- you know, like I said earlier, possibly more marketable. And it's just going to potentially open more doors or stop other doors from closing. Um, but, you know, so anyway, but, you know, I just want to make this, take this opportunity with you being a guest to commend you with, you know, your openness and honesty and your your uh, con- uh, persistence in getting your CSCS you know, and, and how you know you were very open that it took you know more than one try it, but you you know you finally passed. And I know you just recently shared that you know you recertified for you know a couple more years. So congrats on that.
2: I appreciate, it, man. And uh, I'll I'll do the shameless plug as well for the NHSCA. Um, their certification is really well done. It's it's packed full of information. Um, and I've got it as as well. Um, so I endorse it as well. It I think it really helps out. For coaches that are running room and gives them at least some information about what is done correctly, what are other coaches doing, and especially like the essay, the scenario questions, it really got me to think outside my box. Like well, I haven't, I haven't thought about this in a while, and you know, you kind of answer those questions. So, um, and I also appreciate it, man. Uh, I got a little, I got a frame on my desk uh with the cscs and my passing scores and the behind it's all the failed scores so I, it just it's just a daily reminder of you know keeping consistent keeping persistent with you know wherever you want that you can go get man so
1: awesome you know so since you obviously just started a new position um i'm sorry uh well yeah new position at a new school you obviously had to interview for that job right so with this being kind of uh you know episode in tail toward people getting into the job you know what's it like going through that interview process and getting hired on by a school
2: yeah so i think i passed a css in april i applied for this job um and may got interviewed in june and then officially got hired in like mid-july so it happened pretty quickly um but i mean i had to update my resume i had to put you know all the fancy letters that I had on there, all my endorsements, uh, you know, had to redone my entire resume. Um, of course, you know, I had to go in with a plan. Um, I had, you know, Practice work. I had data showing about growth and, you know, from our football team. Well, at the PAT school I was at, Um, I had Dasher at my old school. So, I mean, we had 10 yard fly times and 40 times. I mean, I showed our AD this, said, Here's my plan. I had a full, like, I think it's a 10 page manual of what am I going to do, how I'm going to establish communication. And I mean, it just laid out everything that I was going to do at this new school if I was given the opportunity to basically establish a strength program from scratch um and i I mean by the grace of god our our ad liked our principal was all on board with it um just the stipulation was you know we you teach this core subject for one year and then we'll reevaluate you in the spring and we're kind of hitting that now where we're just okay what's going on you know what's the numbers look like uh what have you done to establish things inside of our school just etc so that's basically how I walked into the interview. I had, uh, articles that I've written for the NHSCA. Um, I've had manuals that I've written personally for in-season work. Um, I, I mean, spit the science out to our AD. I don't know if he understood what I was saying or not, but at least had it there for him. Um, and yeah, I just had an interview and the whole manual. I mean, it was just everything that I've worked for the last two or three years all in just like a few sheets of paper said here you go
1: so now that you're there okay you're at dyer county it's day one you know beginning of the year you like you said you got hired you know over the summer really quick process what's that first step you know are you reaching out did you have a meeting with coaches did you reach out did your ad help facilitate some of those connections how did you get um how did you get that process rolling with getting to work with the athletes
2: so, a um, little known fact: the head football coach here at Dyer County was my middle school coach when I was um, here living in Tennessee. So, uh, obviously, got, I stayed in co- uh, connections with them, communicated with them. So, I got to work with football off the bat. I, I got to work with football basically from day one that I got hired. So, that wasn't, that wasn't like a question of if I was going to work with football. Now, the other coaches, I uh, had communication with them. Um, Our AD did a nice job of uh, putting them all in one room. We have a pretty large cafeteria. I got to spill out basically our entire speed program, uh, what I want established, here's what I'm planning to do, and basically let the ball in their court. Say if you want me, I'm here. If you don't, I'm still here. Just We need to communicate. We need to have a talk. and that's where our volleyball softball coach did a really nice job of um she's the same person she runs to, uh, she's the head coach for those two sports and we're now in the process of um, and not process of but we're we're running basically two programs at once right now in the weight room which is really really cool to kind of look and see say we got volleyball girls scattered throughout they're doing their in our off-season program I got softball going, doing rotational stuff, and, you know, they're doing their in, you know getting ready to play games and stuff like that, um, and that was one problem she came up to me was, like, when I'm, these two sports, you know, when it's softball season, obviously, I gotta be with softball more, and then when it's volleyball season, I gotta be with volleyball, and so that was just kind of a way of where she can monitor both sports, but, you know, if she needs to step out for softball, I'm there for volleyball. Or vice versa if she needs to step up for volleyball I'm there for softball so those girls got continuous work and now, something now she's wanting to do summer work and how does that look like you know um, she's in the gym then we're gonna have softball in the weight room you know just uh, she does a really nice job of communication um, the head track coach here I knew from a meet that when I was the head track coach at my last school so we met we talked you know just chit chat back and forth and then I showed up the football one day said hey man well, you know what's up and and you know he, he knew who I was so he he knew what I was about and everything like that so that's that's basically the first steps and basically how all of it got established from the get go
1: did you like experience any kind of pushback or anything from the athletes themselves or were they pretty receptive to you coming in
2: uh, they're pretty receptive. Um, of course, you know, uh, we're not living in fantasy land here. There's a few that are just going to take a little bit longer to kind of buy into what we're doing and try to, you know, try to establish relationships, you know, from a very, very early stages. You know, I'm just a new guy walking in. You know, who are you to say that you're going to do the X, Y, and Z thing? And I say, okay, well, you know, l- just trust me. Uh, i i mean give me a little bit you know i've only been here for like a week you know give me a little bit um you know I, i can make changes we're gonna make we're gonna be better for this just you you gotta trust me um and then from that time i mean we established things like technology ipads uh dasher systems and you know i think that starts to help as well kids start to see the results and i i mean it's no secret to anyone else you know i like numbers i like showing leaderboards i like putting in front of their face saying this is where you're at this is where you're going and this is what you could be later on and i mean i think the kids kind of appreciate a little bit of the honesty i mean i just tell them it's like you're you're running really slow you need to kind of pick it up or give them range. Said, you need to fall within you know ninety seven percent of your ten yard fly or whatever. Saying just giving them goals, and I think they start to appreciate that. Saying, okay, I got something to work for now. So, yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, you posted something. Kind of uh, switching gears a little bit here to get a little into the um, X's and O's. You used to talk about your earn the barbell program and you were very particular about kids' movement patterns and things like that before they could earn the right to use the barbell. Are you still on that same train of thought here um, at D.C.?
2: Kind of, yeah. I mean, I just saw, especially squat forms, um, you know, there's some kids that, I mean, just obviously they're not ready for, I guess, that kind of movement. Um, I, I guess that's just when you're a professional, you walk in, you say, hey, your knees are caving in, you're... Um, if we got a milk crate, you know, your bus not even touching the milk crate, man. It's like you're, 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 you're barely even squatting anything. Let's regress you a little bit. Um, and again, I think the kids are a little, have a little pushback on that. It's like, well, I want to squat three fifteen. That's I was like, yeah, I, I don't want you to get hurt either. So, uh, we're going to take that dumbbell over there. You know, that 80 pound 70 pound dumbbell, and we're going to learn how to squat first. And then we can kind of progress it later. And I think they... I think they appreciate the little bit of honesty that i give them um you know i'm not one to sugarcoat things i'm pretty direct in that aspect of yeah you're about to get hurt in if you do this wrong and you're gonna get collapsed by 315 pounds and i don't want that on me so go get the dumbbell so yeah
1: yeah great point in that you know talking about kind of like with that pushback where when you have a new guy coming in and kids are used to doing a certain way. And perhaps if they were, if it's a setting where there weren't standards to movement, you know, and kids feel like they're really strong because there's a lot of weight on the bar, but you know, they're bare, they're not even doing quarter squats, you know, and, and then they got all this vulgus and all these things like that, you know, but it's also great from, you know, kind of like with being in that school setting, because you got to understand that the the liability is a huge thing, um, especially when working in a, you know, in a school setting. And so, getting in and and just being the bad guy for those first, you know, that beginning stage and getting consumed properly. And and hopefully they see that like, okay, I feel, I I feel better. I don't hurt as much. I'm stronger through a greater range of motion now and things like that. Um, But yeah, I do think it's, I I remember when you put that out, you know, before and reading that and and looking at that program and just thinking like, you know, this is a great point. Like, you know, I think that there are, you know, there's a lot of ways you can look at programming um, especially, but like when you're starting into a new school, I think the most important thing you can do is, develop good movement patterns, and I think most people will tell you the same thing. Um, getting moving right, and then getting moving, getting strong while moving correctly.
2: Absolutely, man, and that's something I'm kind of figuring out with our middle school kids right now. Um, I, I never worked with middle school kids before, and so... They got to understand that they got to kind of earn that barbell standard. It's like, yeah, I want to squat three fifteen. I want to squat 405. It's like, hold up, man. Let us let's, let's get through a goblet squat first, and where your butt's touching floor, or, or however, um, hamstrings the calf standard, or, or whatever your standard is, man. So like, let's 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 do that first, and then we can worry about the weight later.
1: So you know, here, you're here at DC. It's your first year. So now, let's say it's February, soon to be March. Kids are, you got kids moving right. Well, you know what I mean? Like kids are squatting well. They've, they've, they're squatting to the floor, you know, all those things. They're benching properly. They're, you know, all these, they're doing chin ups and all these stuff like that. Good, good technique. What does your programming advance into, right? Like what, I just had a curiosity, what, what are you doing at, at Dyer County from a prog- programming perspective? Are you uh, a tier guy? You know, are you a triphasic guy, one by 20? What's that? What do you, what do you like to use at Dyer County?
2: So for incoming freshmen freshmen coming in this summer, I'm gonna try the one by 20 program uh, I should have done it with the freshmen that came in last summer uh, But again, I was new I was trying just to get things established get a standard. Uh, you know build relationships, whatever um, And I think that helps with working with middle school to kind of see a name to a face and they're saying okay I kind of know who this this guy is that's running our program so freshmen are gonna run one by 20 when they first get into high school um, just because mostly I, I don't know if you know they I can't look at like 60 kids at once you know I can't so I can you know kind of in, in, indulge myself a little bit better that way um, when it comes to all season stuff I, I'm a big tier and try face it, guy um, we'll go through six weeks of eccentric work where we're just slowing down movement patterns uh, making sure everyone's on the same standard Making sure that people are, you know, squatting low or they're hitting death or um, if they're on chin-ups, you know, they're, you know, full extended all the way and all the good, wonderful stuff, man. Um, and then we'll go through six weeks of isometrics where we're just holding it at the bottom. Let them feel what it feels like to actually, you know, have that weight, uh you know, kind of pressing down on them a little bit more. And then we'll go through basically a, a six-week con- concentric phase to where um, we want to move weight pre. quickly Um, I'm also a big conjugate guy so I use terms like max effort dynamic effort you know the repeated effort stuff Um, I don't use it with the kids anymore Uh, I've tried using max effort with them and um, they look at me like a deer in the headlight so I I tell them that we're gonna lift heavy or we're gonna lift fast so um, in season wise I use post activation potentiation just because it's quick and easy, uh, we get a forceful plyometric with a speed plyometric. It kind of knocks out two birds at once. We get a, a push and pull, um, upper lower push and pull, and then we get basically uh, a speed plyometric and a power uh, plyometric. And you know, we're kind of out of there. Get what they need, fill in the bucket so much. So,
1: so what does the future of of Dyer County Strength and Conditioning look like in, in your mind? Like, what do you envision? Like the the, the programming. Not, that's uh, let me rephrase that big picture, not the programming per se, but the program itself. Like,
2: what do you see it like uh, evolving into? A program of excellence, man. Just I, I want kids to be really good athletes you know i knew i want them to move well i want them to be strong but i also want them to be great people as well you know I, I it's one thing to be really really strong it's really good at your sport but it's another thing just to be outside of you know the field court with their weight room you know out into the public and you know just being a better person being a really good brother sister you know niece nephew whoever or uh, whatever you are um i hope you know when we leave our program that that's what they you know get from that is that they get a sense of, you know, we've worked hard. Um, you know, there are accomplishing great things, you know, a, a culture of success and they're walking away better than how they walked in. So,
1: awesome. Um, let's take a let's take a moment here. You said you're, you know, you're a conjugate guy and you're known as the conjugate guy, the conjugate chat guy. You know, you're on this podcast, you're a fellow podcaster. Let's talk about that. Let's plug that, man. It's an awesome awesome show i've been listeners since you had money on episode you know the very beginning um it's a great great show great content you've had fantastic guests and i don't you know i i highly recommend it is definitely at the top of podcasts that chain coaches need to listen to so i commend you for all you've done and all the content you put out first and foremost um but you know use let's use this to plug it man it's a great it's a great show and i'm sure people that are listening to this have probably already listened to it because it's such uh, you know it's a huge success um but let's talk about it how how that started why did i
2: get started basically couple how long has it been it's been probably a year and a half now of running that podcast um about a couple months before uh, i've officially made that run to the podcast or started up um i basically I was thinking about doing a blog, man. Um, blogging about you know my thoughts and strength and conditioning. Um, I think that's where the the freshman should earn the bar or freshman shouldn't t- touch the bar. It, it was something like that. I think that's where that kind of originated from. Um, and then actually, Mike Boyle messaged me privately after I, I think I made a tweet about this is what I'm I'm thinking about for a blog, and he said, "What about a podcast, man? I mean, that's something more." Um, I guess mainstream, or that's something more, you know, that people listen to nowadays that, you know, you know, uh, whatever. And I thought about it and it's kind of weird because you think of podcasters, you think people that are really extroverted, you know, they're, they're really good with words and I'm, I'm not that. Um, if y'all ever met me in person, I'm, I'm a very like introverted person. I'm, I'm kind of a man of a few words. Um, but it's kind of weird that a you know a podcaster is a minute a few words so so I was like you know what screw it what does it take is it gonna be cost effective you know what you know what not? I, I looked at it from that view as well because if it's like two thousand dollars to start a podcast I'm like I, I can't do that found out it's actually pretty cheap to, to run a podcast and I made my money's worth definitely doing the podcast you know you know for the last year and a half um and I was just lucky enough to have guys like Monty and Missy and Cody and uh, Justin Loudon and you know future guests that come on. I was just lucky to have them on. You know, I just you know they don't know me from Adam. I think they may have met me once at a NATCON, and they just said, "Yeah, sure, I'll I'll, I'll be glad to talk with you." And you know, I've had just countless, countless of just. Great conversations with great people, man. I mean, um, you know, we talk about like strength and condition. Twitter is toxic or whatnot, but actually getting to sit down and talk to some of these people—just, I guess, screen screen or face to face, however you want to put that—I mean, it it, it's been remarkable. It's been the probably some of the best professional development I've ever had. Was just, you know, sitting down and talking to Monty for two and a half hours, or um, just. You know having endless group chats with guests I've had it's like you know I appreciate you coming on and having those conversations. it's, it's just been remarkable
1: yeah you know I I could I could totally understand where you're coming from before I was host running uh hosting this podcast I had my own podcast and just the willingness for coaches to sit down and share their you know information and I, you know, I I feel bad. I've never paid anybody to be on a podcast and, you know, they're just giving up their time. You know, you're, you know, you're giving up a Saturday afternoon to sit down and talk to, talk to me and and to share your knowledge and and wisdom with the audience. And so for any previous guests that are listening to you, to anyone that'll be on the show, you know, it's an incredibly, it's incredibly great, um, generous thing that people do to give up their time. It's the one, you know, resource that we can't create more of. And so for you to do this for everyone that is willing to sit down whether it be for a podcast or just to sit down with a young coach and to, you know, to answer questions. You know, I think that's arguably the most generous and beneficial thing we can do for one another is to give each other our time. And so, you know, again, if I haven't said enough, thank you for being on today. And just anyone that is been asked to be on something like this and has done it. Thank you for on behalf of podcasters. (laughs)
2: For real, man, I mean, a lot of the back work is totally worth it when you get a DM or when you get, you know, some kind of message or whatever, and someone saying, I-, I needed this, or you talked about a specific thing that I was really struggling with, with like speed programming or conjugate stuff or whatever, it said, this r- I-, I really enjoyed this episode, and I think that's all worth it, man, I- that's what it's about, and I agree with your comment about, that's the best thing that, you know, guests can do is just give up their time and, I feel bad too that I don't I don't pay people to come on, man. I, you know, I, if I had the funds for it, I, I definitely would. I would do it in a heartbeat. But at the same time, you know, I, I think that's just a great highlight to our field of how selfless people are really are in in our field, regardless of personal opinions. Um, I I really do think that's how selfless our, our field really is, and the people that run it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you mentioned toxic train coach Twitter. And obviously, like there are parts of it. And, you know, I've seen my fair share of of conversations where it's just, uh, you know, it it crosses that line of just being unprofessional and to use the word you did toxic. But I will say that it is truly incredible how share how open and and sharing people in this profession are. Again, I'm just going to continuously, shamelessly plug the organization that I'm doing this for the NHS SCA, for example, man, I was when I got into the strength and conditioning field, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know any strength coaches around me and talking to guys through Twitter and then meeting other people in the organization and then meeting people at NatCon, you know, things like that. It's just, it's truly remarkable how willing and giving people are. There's no gatekeeping. And I, I just think it's truly incredible. And so kind of just somewhat of a, of a theme in this episode that we kind of started out with. And if you're getting into this field, networking and just sitting down because people are going to, people are going to give you their time and it might not be easy and you might have to wait man i've got podcast guests that i've been trying to schedule for months uh, we just can't sit find a time but it's like hey we're going to make this happen you know we're going to like i promise like i'm going to sit down and i'm going to give you my time it's just, i can't do it right now um but i will and just you know there's people are so much more willing to to give you their time if you just ask right and you know like, like you said you know you're uh, you can be a little bit introverted i I have my moments where I'm pretty introverted and it's tough to like, Hey, you know, to reach out and to, you know, to take that forward step, but you have to do it, man. And and if you're a young coach out there and you want to get in this game, the best thing you could do, yes, get your degree, get your teaching license, get a certification. But even before that, reach out to, to a coach and talk to a coach and just make, start those connections immediately. It's so the biggest regret that I have is that I didn't start making these network connections sooner.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, start following people, man. Even even if it's just like a guy from half the country away, there's value that people just put out on social media just for free gain too. Yes, you can connect with them and sit down with them, have conversations, and that is very important. Like, that is very, very important as well. Um, but also on social media, people post their programs. Po- post, you know, she's, they post um you know free game all the time as a young coach if i was 21 22 trying to you know run my first weight room whatever i mean that would be a huge resource i mean i know that they shout out you know nhsca georgia chapter i know they do like zoom meets on You know, just post it on Twitter and saying, you know, we're meeting together on this day to talk about this. And everything like this out there. If you want to know something, it's out there. It's free game. So you can connect, you can learn, and you can have pretty much everything at your fingertips nowadays.
1: Yeah, I know. 100%. I do want to take a moment to kind of also highlight some stuff you mentioned sheets and and some of the stuff you put out some cool products out there yourself man like you have a like for example like i've i have your barbell loading chart all over my weight room i've got it like got it laminated and printed up on every corner of my weight room i mean if if you've got anything that you've got out there that you want to like tell the people about
2: yeah so me and jt rankin have been just just chatting back and forth Um, He's challenged me about making basically a sheet for him, a template for him that, you know, we can just go through um, about, he does like quarterly testing and we're kind of going back and forth about what exactly should that look like. Just having a better way to visualize data. So I got that in the works right now. I've been trying to work on this like Madden rating for our football team, which has been cool, but it's also been frustrating because how can you represent all their athletic abilities into one score. And that, that's that been kind of tricky. Been trying to figure that one out for uh, probably the last two or three months. So just stuff like that. Very basic stuff. Trying to learn programming. Trying to learn Python for a little bit. I try to make the switch between Google Sheets and Excel, which is really not that hard. You know, my game.
1: I know you've, you've like put out some really cool stuff that you've done on Sheets before. You know, when I think of guys like you and Joe Stikowski and you know, guys like that that just can... Um, do these incredible things on sheets and like I'm when I make something on sheets, like I'm Googling how do I copy and paste from one cell to the other. How do you get to the point? I mean, is it just trial and error? Like did you just, you know, take a lot of, you know, time to kind of play around on there and learn how to, to manipulate it the way that you have in the past
2: or? man let me tell you it took a lot of just some nights i i couldn't sleep because it was in my head that this is what i wanted to done this is what i wanted to look like or this is what i wanted this function to 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 you know run um you know i sat on the computer for a long long time of I hit equals and I'll, I'll try to figure stuff out um, and I also have some really good people to kind of bounce ideas of Tucker sees one of those guys he's a young cat like I am kind of in this field um, but me and him we just sat there and just had conversations of okay I can't figure this out for the life of me I've been at this for like three hours can you please help me out or at least make sense about what's happening and so we will sit there and just bounce ideas back and forth it's like this is what I want this is you know what he wants and we'll just kind of chat um it it took a little it not a little it took a lot of learning and anyone that's dug down and try to get dirty with you know sheets excel python R, whatever tells you it it, it's a learning curve it's a a language that you need to know or a language that has a huge learning curve but um i mean it took a little bit i think if you dedicate the time as well for it just like anything else you'll reap the benefits of whatever you're trying to accomplish is it a little bit learning curve yeah is it hard? Maybe, but at the same time, if that's what you want, that's what you want to accomplish. I mean, it takes what it takes, man.
1: Yeah, uh, the last thing I wanted to plug, I was trying to find the exact details for it. But you're you're a speaker. You're speaking at the center, the Strength Coaches Clinic, right? Uh, what are you going to speak on?
2: I am speaking on incorporating strength conditioning into physical education. So I will look at the Tennessee state standards for physical education, and I thought about pulling out Kentucky's, Illinois's, and kind of the surrounding states of what does their education, physical education standards look like? How can we incorporate strength conditioning to it? And then how can we get a qualified person to walk into that room and do strength conditioning and meet stand, uh, state standards at the same time?
1: Gotcha. That's on April 20th in Danville, Kentucky, at Center College. For anyone listening, um, I've seen the lineup. Obviously, you're on there. Looks looks like there's gonna be some great coaches
0: there.
2: Yeah, Dan Mullen's on there. I know Richard is on there as well. He's the keynote speaker. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's loaded, man. I, I'm excited. I'm excited for uh, Jeremy. He's he's a NHSCA member. Really good dude. So I, I'm very excited for this. Uh, for this clinic and for everyone that's uh, going to be there, man.
1: Last question before we, uh, before we kind of wrap things up here, what's the, what's the next episode of conjugate chats? What's, when's it dropping?
2: And it actually drops every Thursday. Um I think I got episodes till the, end of March, I think, is that right? yeah another four weeks so I got another one this Friday or I'm sorry this Thursday coach Taylor Moon uh up in Minnesota I believe really good episode with him Me and him kind of chit chat a little bit at times as well uh we kind of bounce some ideas and then after that we got I think Antoine Croy which is in South Carolina is there a north of South Carolina I'm sorry Antoine if you're listening and then we got a couple other guests on there uh, can't think of them the top of my head but um we we got about another month of season four and then season five will start in the summer
1: awesome i'll look forward to those like i said i've been an active listener since you started it so look forward to those i'll post links to all the you know to your episodes on in the description below i'll post links to some of the products that you put out as well uh any closing statements you want to make before we get off here
2: uh i just appreciate the nhsca uh giving me basically um a group of coaches to connect with um whether that's on Twitter, whether that's on you know at NATCONS or Clinics. Um I got to establish really some really cool relationships with some really cool people, you know, along the way. And um I I just I can't think the has CA enough for uh you know just for everything in the last two years, man.
1: Awesome coach. Thanks for being on. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your wisdom. Um, thanks for your the podcast and all the great stuff you put out and if you're in the tennessee kentucky area on on april 20th and you've got nothing going on go see coach raspberry and some other great speakers talk thanks for being on coach and thanks for thanks for being with us today
2: appreciate you andrew thank you so much
0: welcome back to another episode of the official nhssca podcast the podcast for high school strength coaches by high school strength coaches. As always, I am your host, Coach Andrew McGackey. We did it, everybody. Episode 10, officially into the double digits. My guest this month is Coach John Mark Raspberry. Coach Raspberry is a biology teacher and a strength coach at Dyer County High School in Tennessee. Coach Raspberry is an incredible up-and-coming strength coach, and it was a blast getting to sit down with him and talk about his journey, moving from Tennessee to Illinois, to back to Tennessee, why he got into strength and conditioning, what he's doing at Dyer County, what he hopes to do in the future, We kind of talk about getting into strength and conditioning a little bit and broach the topic of CSCS, is it necessary, certifications in general, and various other topics in regards to getting into strength and conditioning. We also talk about Conjugate Chats, the podcast that Coach Raspberry has been hosting for about a year and a half now. I'm an avid listener. It's an awesome, awesome podcast. He's got a ton of great guests and great content. I highly recommend you go check it out. I'll link it below. It's a fantastic show where he sits down with strength coaches in various walks of life and just... Talk shop with them, guys. There's a ton of value out of it. And I'm sure if you go over and listen to a few episodes, you will too. You'll probably recognize a lot of the names that he's had on. So I highly recommend going and checking that out. I'll also link below some of his downloadable and for sale content that he's posted. So check some of that out. There's some good stuff there too. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you do, hit us up with a rating and a review down below. Don't forget to check out the podcast tab on the NHSCA website nhssca.us where you can find all of our past episodes and you'll also find a link to fill out um, a link to a form to fill out if you're interested in being a guest so please do that always looking for awesome people uh, within the organization that want to be on and talk shop so hit head over, head over that way also while you're on the nhssca website get over and register for natcon it's fast approaching tickets are available they've got the group rate hotel Site set up, so check those out. Obviously, saves a little bit of money on uh, hotel registration. And yeah, sign up and let's get to Texas, guys. I'll be there with my microphone, so hopefully, all of you will be joining me down there. And with that, enjoy the episode.